Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with host Lou Weiss. Lou is the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. He is also the president of All Metals and Forge Group. They make things like these lovely gears behind us. If you're looking for the gear blanks out of a forging, please contact steelforge.com. Joining us today is Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair from the Institute for Supply Management. He's going to talk to us about the manufacturing report on business, which is in a state of a slight contraction, but Tim, it doesn't look all that serious. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the show. No, <laughs> there it is. We got the quote of the show. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, in March, uh, all of the uh, sub-indexes are indicating contraction and it was kind of at that point, I, I had been carrying a 48 to 52 forecast for the last four or five months anyway, uh, going into March. And then I think in March, I revised it to 47 to 51, and we just caught the low end. So the month of April was a, a little bit better uh, from a PMI standpoint than the month of March. Uh, the demand side was definitely better. With the, There's four elements in the demand piece. The new order uh, index, although it's still uh, contracting, it's contracting slower. The new export order number almost expanded, came in at 49 and some change. So we almost hit 50, which is good. The backlog is about the same, you know, eating into the backlog every month because the new order rates are so low. Uh, but probably the most alarming is that the customer inventory number just got now to the low end of too high. So that's almost like a whole channel of output that's been shut off to the panelist companies because their customers are saying, I don't really need any more of your product. So, okay. That's a combination of our panelist companies improving their shipment outputs, you know, catching up on overdue and, you know, the, the, the cross collision with their demand probably softening up quite a bit. So that's where we're at. But the demand is better. The numbers in the demand side were better in April than they were in March. Um, jump to the input side now. I mean, absolutely accommodative. You've got suppliers delivering faster yet again at you know near records, you know ten year plus records, uh, with no end in sight. Which okay, that that means they have really soft order books and they have a bit of inventory because they're able to deliver better. I mean, normally everybody likes to build just in time and ship when it's done, but the fact is that most everything goes through inventory for more than a day. So okay, that's interesting, and then. You know, the, the manufacturing inventory account continues to, to contract at significant rates, which is disappointing from a PMI number standpoint, surprising from an overall economic standpoint. But okay, you can kind of theorize this thing that first off, they're burning off work in process because they're catching up on overdue. They are clearly burning off uh, finished goods and they're shipping them and the customers are saying, I got enough. And they're managing that entire supply chain inventory by continuing to not take any more than they can convert. And so, you know, there's four elements of that to entire supply chain inventory. The first one is off book commitments, which I think we solved several months ago, the whole overordering issue. The second one is manufacturing inventory. And clearly we're positioning ourselves for, for, for future lower output, which is good because we're getting ready for it. So it's not a liquidity issue at the panelist companies. The third element is the supplier inventory, supplier's inventory of stuff to ship to me, which is their finished goods inventory or semi-finished goods. And that still remains fairly strong 
because that's helping them deliver on time. Uh, and I, I don't think it's at alarming levels, which is positive. And the fourth element here is really the customer inventory. And we, we basically shut that door off to a future uh, uh, sales channel. So, so overall, uh, you know, the inventory accounts are interesting to analyze what's happening. Uh, you know, I, I'm surprised that we continue to contract on that manufacturing inventory number. And, you know, if, if that thing was sitting at a 50, you'd see the whole PMI number come up at least a point. So, and then, you know, lastly here, the output side, I just want to point out to your watchers and listeners that the production number is the best uh, surrogate for billings, not the new order number. The production number is the best surrogate for billings. So we've been pretty stable on the production number. It's, it's you know, it's really indicating, you know, some decline in billings month over month but not a dramatic decline. So, and I, I think if you're looking at when is this sluggishness going to end, uh, I'm not sure that we can have a 48, 49, 50 production number and call this the end. I think we're going to need to see something more dramatic, which would then drive the employment number, you know, and, and then, and, and then we, it would be the beginning of the end. So you, you guys know, I, I follow five, I've been following five things, you know, no more than five, they're an indicator of growth in the future. You know, the first one is how many industries, how much percent of manufacturing GDP is contracting at 45 or less. In the month of April, it was 12% uh, down from 25%, which is very positive. That's good. But the second one is chemicals. Is When's chemicals coming back? Chemicals is not showing any sign of, a, of a life, you know, less so than in March. And it's not that far from 45. So we'll see what happens there. That could tip in the 45. And then our, you know, our numbers under 45 jump up to 25 to 30%. The third one is transportation disruptions and price growth. No signs of any of that. Ports are working well. Uh, road freight's working well. Prices are stable, if not declining. Uh, even uh, you know, with any kind of energy surcharges showing up. Uh, the, the fourth one is the higher to fire ratio. We're still operating below two. We're at 1.7 in the month of April, 1.3 in the month of March, two to one for the prior six months. So we're still, compared to the prior six months, we're still looking to get rid of more people than we were. I guess that's the, the point I'm making. When that higher fire ratio jumps back up to four to one, then uh, you know we're starting to expand again. We're, we're definitely not expanding. Uh, you know, and in that vein, we can talk about a little bit about the quits rate. The quits rate was the lowest comment level percent since I've been counting it since June of 21. So people are not as likely to quit as they were for the last year, year and a half. And I think that's a that's all really about the uncertainty in the market that people are concerned. So I think and the last one's lead times, although our, our data, our numbers aren't supporting this, the comments are supporting the fact that lead times are coming down. And that's a positive. So in the month of March, of the five elements that I was tracking, uh, only one of them was positive. In the month of April, two of them were positive. But we got a long way to go. Uh, there's some pretty interesting numbers there, and, and I'd like to uh, mention a couple from All Metals and Forge Group, which is my, my primary business, uh, that kind of support a lot of the things that you said. For example, uh, this month, uh, our bookings have contracted and our production and billing has gone up. So that's that supports your number uh, numbers. And as far as our backlog, 
it only went down a little bit, hence the, uh, the billing. Uh, but our, from last month, we had more new business, and I guess that reflected in the, the, the new order, uh, the backlog, and ultimately into production and billing. So we've had an interesting up and down, and uh, not overly concerned. I was actually betting here in our offices that I was uh, betting on a 45 number. Mm. Uh, so it came in as a shocker to see 47.1. So Tim and I were talking before the show and, uh, you know, he's saying, well, that's kind of interesting. It's up and down and up and down. And I say, yeah, but what it really means, it's contracting at a slower rate. Not that it's going up. It's right. just contracting slower. Right. So, so not to confuse our, our audience and listeners, um, it, it's not terrible. No, no. You know, I've been because of the pandemic and and the, the the big suspicion that that has thrown on seasonal factors. I, you know, I've been track I track the non seasonal too, just to to keep an eyeball on it. And you know, we had a lot of derating in the four sub indexes uh, in the month of April because it's generally a strong month. And if you take the derating out, the seasonal factors, we're we're almost at a forty nine. Really? You know, yeah, which is which is pretty close to fifty. So yeah, we're taking 47 one with an almost 49, which almost is 50. <laughs> Nothing like rounding up from 47 to 50. Well, my point is that if you take the, the seasonal factors out, you're close to 50. I mean, it's yeah. just, okay. So we're so it brings you into the whole question here about is a soft landing good or is a hard landing better? And uh I you know, I just got off a couple of calls this morning and and, and I I'm arguing that. This soft landing has thrown so much uncertainty into the environment that we're not really sure what the future looks like. And that future obviously is going to impact capital investment first, for sure. And it'll start to impact employment when you know we don't have the work to work on. And the work to work on is really reflected by the production number because I, I don't think anybody's building a whole bunch of finished good inventory. They're, they're, they're whatever they're building, they're shipping. And, and now we have... Their customers saying, I got enough, I got enough. So it's going to be interesting to see now what all this brings because, you know, I, I do measure sentiment positive to not so positive every month. And it's demand sentiment at the headline level. And for the first time in a long time, we're at one to one. So as many people are not as optimistic about the future as are optimistic about the future. And that's a huge shift. Um, you know, I think if we go back on this thing, and I, I don't want to, mix apples and oranges but in june of 2021 we were 16 to one you know <laughs> and now we're at one to one so that's a huge change you know we were two to one pretty much last month and and we we yeah pretty much last month in february so you know it's there's definitely a feeling that we're not sure about the future which brings in the whole conversation here around the forecast so we're releasing our forecast next week uh uh, our, our panelists are going to try to do their best prediction of the rest of 2023, and they're going to do estimations on what actually happened in the first six months of 2023, too. So that's a, a really key point here, you know, consistent with the fact that we're now at a 47 and some change. Uh, what does the forecast look for the end of the year? For your, for your listeners and watchers benefit here, we had predicted in December that the first half of the year would be lumpy, second half would be dramatically better. 
uh, in the last couple of months, that the feeling based on the PMI is that that second half is now probably the last quarter or the last quarter and a half. So we're probably not going to see any decent recovery here until mid Q3, if not the beginning of Q4. And, and I think that that rationale remains. And this is all really around the uncertainty of a soft landing. If we had a hard landing, meaning interest rates at 8%, slamming everything down, you know, everything would be down, then you know, you'd, you'd, you'd fight your way through that for nine months and then you start to grow again. But that, you know, this, this is, the, this is the, the, the price for a slow landing is uncertainty. And you, you guys know, businesses do not like uncertainty. Although they probably like uncertainty a lot better than recession. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, so an uncertain recession is better than a certain recession. Yeah, recession <laughs> is just so certain. <laughs> there is one uh, sector I'd like to mention because we deal with all metals and forged deals in this area, and that's the machine shops, which there are many, many, many machine shops in this country, small, medium, and large. Uh, one of the things uh, I think that they don't, uh, they don't go along with some of these numbers because everything that they do is for the most part custom. So it's not like that they, they're producing the same part month in, month out, month in, month out, where they need inventory. So there's a lot of what they do, and I'm not sure what the percentage is versus uh, long-term agreements versus uh, contract um, uh, contract machining and contract uh, orders that they, they get an order today and they got to ship it next month. So therefore, they've got to go out and buy the inventory today for next month's shipments, which really doesn't reflect into your numbers. Uh, what do you mean? I mean, you're talking about uh, serial production versus job shop stuff. Be, yes. Tell, yes. tell me more. Well, the point is that uh, you're saying inventory is too high. Well, a machine shop, he's getting an order today, but he's got to ship next week or next month. So it's not like he has inventory that he can use for new contracts. He's always buying inventory for whatever he's making for the contract today for next month instead of buying inventory today for a long-term contract for five six months yeah it's going to depend on the company obviously you know yeah, but, and, and a lot of these a lot of the machine shops they stock steels stainless and the non-ferrous aluminums they, they stock bar stock and stuff and they're not if they're doing job shop work they're probably not buying mill runs but some are so it's it's a big mix you're right yeah it's one absolutely. of the largest small business areas in the country is machine shops and, and some of them are job shop some of them support serial production depends on who the customers are right right and you know some build to stock some build to order and you're you're talking about the build to order guys correct yeah and there's I, a lot i can't really give you an assessment of the percent of machine shops that are built to order versus built to stock and then ship you know ship from inventory but oh, my, my point here is that manufacturing inventory is down and that customer inventory, the, the customers of our panelists are indicating that the amount of our inventory that they have is too high. I'll do some research on that, build to ship versus the other. Yeah, build to stock versus the build to order. Yeah. I'll look into that. I'll get that's back good. to you. That's a, that's, a, that's a fun discussion. Yeah. Okay. I've worked both. All right. Uh, we appreciate uh, your 
uh, joining us uh, today. And I know that you've got probably a line out your door to uh, give your insight to other media groups. Um, Tim? Just want to get one more question in, Tim, before you have to jump, and that is pricing. Uh, are we at the point yet where the purchaser of raw materials can say, whoa, stop at the price increases. We're going to hold. We're not paying it. When do prices abate? You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you know, we went through three or four months of uh, price declines. Contraction, actually. Okay. And that was kind of, remember, we started the year thinking that we'd be about 2.8% price growth into June. And by the end of the year, would be a 2.4% price growth from December of last year. So now we're sitting here uh, you know, with, with our panelists reporting higher prices in the month of April. And in the month of March, 49.2, that's really close to so it's it's almost and it's it's primarily steel plastics plastics is hard to understand why that would be because uh, natural gas feedstocks have been low for you know three four five months so why are plastic costs increasing I'm I'm not really sure why that would be uh, I don't think there's been a lot of transportation disruptions or a lot of impacts because of climate uh, you know in, in the Texas plastics area so. Uh, we, you know, we do have some increase on the copper side because of, you know, China reopening, but, um, you know, China's kind of sagging again. So what's driving the price increase? I can tell you that it's not energy and it's not the, uh, you know, the, the OPEC plus statements last month that we talked about, about taking capacity out, which would drive prices up. It's not that. So it's primarily steel and, you know, steel because uh, steel mills are taking capacity out. You know, it is the springtime and usually you do turnarounds and stuff in the springtime or in the fall you don't do it in the mid-season and and i would you know i spring you know february would be the springtime so there's 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 capacity coming out which is keeping prices up i think steel is probably a thousand bucks a short ton historically it should be six to seven hundred and that's probably contributing so it's not a good thing i don't think uh if you're a if you're a, a person who's looking for the bottom here, supporting the Fed, trying to get to 2%, this is not a very great report. Uh, it indicates that things are pretty stable on the output side. Order rates are continuing to decrease. Backlog is being burned off. The prices are on the increase, uh, which you know, you'd think lead times would come down, prices would come down as demand comes down. And you know we get back to that normal of you know demand drives supply and so forth. We're now in a period where we're reporting price increases in a declining environment, which is what a lot of people call stagnation, stagflation. So, so we'll see what the month of May brings. I mean, I uh, that's the that that prices number going up was a bit of a disappointment. The report would have been a lot cleaner without that number going up. No doubt. Okay. And and for next time, uh, something to think about, Tim. I'd like you to maybe get back to us on if we eliminate fossil fuels particularly oil, what happens to chemicals and plastics? Could, well, in the U.S., most of the chemicals and plastics comes from natural gas. Yeah, the, the feedstock is natural. The feedstock is natural gas. And, oh, and okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not oil. Well, that'll be interesting to see what happens to that over the next 10 years. But Yeah, we're... we're we're, we're back down below three bucks in MMBTU, which, you know, at, at the peak here back a year ago with uh, with Russia invading Ukraine, I think we got close to seven. 
And that's that's seven. And and remember now, we're less than two bucks of MMBTU, and we're exporting a lot of LNG. So, uh, and I think we're we're now the number one uh, fossil fuel producer in the in the world, I believe. If you take petroleum petroleum and you take uh, coal and you take natural gas, we're number one. So that that whole European market, I think that was our number one market in uh, 2020, second half of 2022. And it hadn't been a big market for us before, so we're you know we're helping the situation out in uh, in Europe, and and I think that was actually a good move because if Europe had seen the pain that they had projected with extremely high energy costs, you know it, it could have driven the whole world into recession. And at this point, there's no sign of that. We're just coming off a of GDP uh, in Q1 that's positive one one point four or something like that. I mean, wow. I mean, you know, following up on a 2.6 or 2.8 in Q4. So there's no recession, but, you know, we're definitely in a slowdown mode in the manufacturing side, but we're still, you know, we're, we're back in that 47 to 51 range, which is a really, you know, really slow slowdown. Well, it's good. It's not 43 and 44, Tim. Uh, we appreciate you coming on to explain the report. Want everybody to go to ismworld.org to get the report or come to Manufacturing Talk Radio and check it out. Thanks again for being with us. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next month. Or, or I think we're going to have a conversation around the forecast, I think. Absolutely. That is we great. Are. Yes, we are. Okay. Look forward to that. Thanks, forward guys. To it. All right. Thank you. See you now. I want to thank everyone for being with us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. If you like what you're hearing, and you're on something like YouTube, please subscribe, share us with your friends. You can also find us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, in any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Once again, thanks for being with us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Good to see you again, Lou. Same, as, same to you. Bye now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.